Good evening and welcome to Conversations with Crystal. I am your hostess, Crystal. Thank you for joining me again this evening with another fabulous guest. I hope you're enjoying all of these interviews as much as I am. I've spoken to some absolutely awesome people in the music industry and, you know, they've got a lot to share with us all. This evening's guest is a blues man. Now, he has a great soul in his music. You can hear it, it pours out of him in his lyrics and his guitar playing. Please welcome Kerry B. Ryan from the Blues Experience. Hey, Kerry, how are you going this evening? I'm doing well, thanks, Crystal. That's great to hear. You know, I really did mean it in the introduction when I said how the emotion and everything comes out in your playing and your singing. Uh, it, It doesn't always come out that way from some writers, some songwriters, but for you it does. And I'm, I'm really, really impressed with uh, the way you present your writing and your music. So I think it's a great, it's a great gift to us all. So thank you. Thank you for saying so. Um, I think I just try and do it so that I feel happy with it. That's mostly it. And uh, I, there is a lot of work involved getting it out there. I'm pretty pernickety and I I think I could go back and read these songs as many times as I want. I'll always change things. Quite often I actually do go re-record songs. I'm doing that at the moment on a couple. So there's always a lot of yourself going into the music. That's how it should be, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know what you mean about uh, being a little you know, nitpicky about certain things because I'm exactly the same. So <laughs> you can just co- keep editing and editing and redoing and, you know, um, what is the perfect product, yeah. you know. What comes from your heart is the perfect product and your soul. That's a, I find actually sometimes the first one or two takes is where I should have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am my own worst enemy. I'm sure I'm not the only musician or writer or any artist that's got that problem. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, at present, you're over in Perth. I am, yes. And how long have you... It's outside Perth, actually. Just outside Perth. So Mm. how long have you been over in Western Australia? Uh, Probably 30 odd years now. I've actually been here longer than I was in Queensland and I was born in Queensland. So I've been here a couple of years longer now. Oh, cool. And whereabouts in Queensland are you from? I come from a little sugarcane cattle station town called Home Hill up near Townsville. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I've been up that way. So, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And how do you feel the life, even though you've been in Perth 30 or in Western Australia 30-odd years, uh, do you remember much of how is the life much different, slower, faster? How do you find it? Uh, no, it's not a lot that much different for me. I mean, uh, I live on a small block of land up in the hills here, which is great. When I first came over, I lived in, in Perth itself for a little while. Mm-hmm. Sort of done my head in a bit because I'm a country boy. Yeah. But I had to be in the city, so there you go. But now I'm back outside the town. I just go to visit and play and then I can escape back to the hills, so... 
<laughs> that's a, that's a God saving, isn't it? Really, yeah. I'm from Tenterfield myself, so I know yeah. exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Tenterfield, <laughs> Tenterfield, and um, living in Sydney. So, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yes. <laughs> All right, now, so with your band, the Blues Experience, so you have a a drummer and a bass player with you. Are you with a three piece or a Generally, I function as a three-piece, uh, but I do put sh shows together at the Ellington Jazz Club and the Duke of George here in Perth, um, where I'll put four or five members together with the bands, the keyboards, usually at least four. Sometimes I'll have keys and uh, sax or keys and harmonica. And Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, three-piece. Yeah, so when you add keys in or a sax in, do you feel like that uh, enriches the whole tone of the band? Um, I do. What? I think it kind of adds extra to it. But um, I have heard sometimes that uh, it can be like take away from as well. What is your yeah. what is your thoughts? Well, when I bring them in, it's to add. Um, but sometimes, having said that, when I do a show, I might have them up there for. 90% of the show, but I might not use them for 10%. So I might do a three-piece because some songs I just want that raw, open sound of three-piece. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's... Basically, yeah, when i got keys there, it's to add, it's to make my life easier too. I can relax. <laughs> yes. Um, get the keys, have fun, and uh, just have that bit more of a show for the audience so I can showcase keyboard players or, or sax players or whoever i got there with me. Yeah, and I think that's really important too to add add in as well. But, yeah, there is something to be said for that rawness, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I definitely am. I, I, I don't try to – I try not to overproduce anything I record. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't polish it because everything's – fairly heavily produced these days, yep. especially even blues albums, I find. But I always look at the older albums to try and get some inspiration. Yeah. Now, on yeah. that, who was your earliest inspiration musically? Musically? Well, I've got three older brothers. Mm -hmm. Well, I was brought up on uh, <laughs> heavy rock, actually. Oh, really? I was brought up on Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin. Nice. Um, uh, but Neil Young and then Jimi Hendrix was the main real guitar thing that got me going and Carlos Santana. Yeah, yep, and, yep, and yep. That led me back to the blues and then so I headed back and discovered B.B. King and Albert Collins and Albert King and all these guys. And, and my father used to walk around and be nice. I did well. I knew he was singing it, but I didn't know who he was singing singing old Robert Johnson songs quite often. Oh. It wasn't later years when I discovered Robert Johnson by going backwards mm -hmm. that I recognised the songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Dad was singing that around the backyards. <laughs> yeah, how good is that? And, I mean, yeah. um, Robert Johnson and Blind Lemon, they're all, you know, where it all come from. And I'm sure that there's yeah. many undocumented old blues men as well, you know, and women. Let's not forget Many the girls. Women. <laughs> yeah, some great, great women. Yeah, well. Guys like Sister Rosetta and that, and um, that, he's just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, an artist. I think um, Ronnie Johnson is one of my big influences. Mm 
which I didn't even know until I heard him. And then I, when I listened to him, I went, oh, obviously everyone I've been listening to has been influenced by this guy because I sound like him. Yeah, right. Yeah. So can you remember the how early you were, uh, how yeah, your age, how early you how old you were there uh, oh. <laughs> when you first kind of discovered blues as a genre on its own? Uh, to be honest, I can't, but I'd say I was probably 14, 15. Yeah. When I, yeah, I was about 13 when I got to hear Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it would have been within a year, a year or so later that I started discovering the old fellas. I was far north Queensland, so not a lot of people had this stuff. So I had to dig for it. And you didn't have the internet to go searching. So you had to find someone that had a record company because the local music shop did not have much of a selection. (laughs) No, not in country Queensland, though. (laughs) And uh, what about the first time you picked up a guitar or that you realised, oh, my God, I I want to pick it up? Yeah, I was 13. 13. Heard Hendrix and, and went looking for a guitar. Because oh, uh, wow. a friend of mine who introduced me to Hendrix was um, a few years older than me and he was playing. Uh, so he started to teach me a bit and then, of course, he wanted someone to play bass, so I played bass a bit for him. And oh. Not that we play bass, but just so we could jam. So. Yeah, right. And would you say that uh, he taught you a lot or...? He certainly gave me a good grounding to get going yeah Yeah, right so was apart from your dad singing around the home uh did any of your brothers or your mum were any was anybody in your family musical yeah mum played yeah a little bit on the organ and that but um the guitar really got going through one of my brothers who was away for a while living up in Cairns when he come back uh he came back with a guitar in his hand he had a mate oh uh, that sort of sold it for me. I'd already just sort of started mucking about on this bunky little guitar. But yep. once I heard what a good one sounded like, and, yeah, we were off. So, yeah, he taught me a few things, uh, a couple of Neil Young songs. Nice. Harvest Moon's probably my favourite. Yeah, it's a great album. I, my first album with Neil Young was Decade. Oh, okay. Double yep. album. Yeah, all on. And to be honest... Uh, when I first heard him, I really didn't like him. <laughs> okay. It took a, an hour or two and a couple of goes at listening till it, I got it. Yeah. And I went, okay, I get this guy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said you started listening to like um, Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and all of those kind of groups, the heavy rock. Um, mm. They're all based in blues. Well, so. yeah, that's what I was just going to say. They're all based in blues. So, but were all of your friends around at that time? That's what all they were listening to, I guess. Uh, a couple of them were because they had older brothers as well. Mm. But the rest of the crew, was, we're talking 70s here, were more into what was on Countdown, which was fine. I quite liked quite a few of those bands, especially Billy Thorpe. I was yep, yep, yep. in love with Billy Thorpe and the Astic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they get the old Whoppers or the Ripper albums and that while I was, while I was going out buying a Led Zeppelin or a Hendrix album. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you probably got a nice range of um, vinyl there. I did have. Did have. Yeah, I travelled around a bit for quite a while, so. 
Yep. What will happen to the straw I gave away because it was getting damaged? Yeah, well, the good news is that we have uh, MP3 that you can download and CDs, of course. So yeah. the good news is you can replace all of those if you so wished to. Yeah. Well, I've actually been collecting a few vinyl albums. My wife's brought me a few. Got a couple of good Johnny Winner ones. Nice. Which are old original ones. I uh, love Johnny Winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of... Um, yeah, just old blues guys and that. So, yeah, been collecting a few that pop up every now and then. Yeah. You know what I think is funny that um, you have a blues band and venues might say, oh, you know, no blues. And you're like, mm. yeah, sure. So we'll play Elvis. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't realise Elvis is blues. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. You just widened it up a little bit to get it on the radio. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So how did? So is that how you got your start playing bass for your uh, friend? Uh, no, that was just a, um, a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I pretty much jumped straight on the guitar. But basically, he showed me a few bass lines of a couple of Hendrix songs so that he could play along with them to learn these Hendrix songs. Oh, cool. Yep. And then teach me the guitar parts <laughs> later on. So we did a deal. I said, yeah, I'll play bass and help you learn them. If you show me how to play them. So. Yeah, 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 right. So did you guys have a name? No, no, it was just, just fairly fun. That that was um, out on the cane farm in the back shed. Yeah, right. So when do you, what age were you when you decided, well, I want to kind of do this more intensely? Yeah. I've got a pretty different background. Mm-hmm. I actually, my working life started when I was just turned 15. I was actually started working when I was 13, mm-hmm. but I was still going to school, sort of. Yep. Um, I work. My background's with horses, and and so I worked on cattle stations. Cool. Two years up around North Queensland, on north side of horse breakers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I did sit in with a few bands. When I was around town, but they were never my band. I'd just go and sit in for a few songs and that sort of thing, local bands. Yep. Um, and I played a, played a bit over there, not a lot. And uh, my first trip over here, I was 21. Mm-hmm. And I did some horse breaking and I got into a band over here and played for a bit and I went back home and then I came back again and I went full-time into the music industry um, here I got a job working in a music shop but also tour with the blues band for about eight years. Fantastic. So, um, and then I worked in this music shop. I was back, um, we had a hire department, so we did backline hires as well as small PA hire for the local band. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And we did the backline hire for a touring act as well. Mm-hmm. So I worked for Neil Young and people like that, touring through. So I actually got to meet one of my big fans. I was a Scribbling idiot when I met him. But... <laughs> That's so often the case, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well, because I, uh, I knew I was working for him. I wasn't expecting to meet him when I actually met him. He just sort of showed up at the shop where I was working. Yep. They caught me off guard. How wonderful. So, yeah, got to, you know, do little stints, a uh, little work with Robert. Well, behind the stage. I wasn't working with him. I was working for him. Yep, yep, yep. Behind the stage, Robert Cray and people like that as well when they toured through. So oh, that's, that's... any opportunity I got to pick a brain, I did so. Yeah, well, isn't, it that, isn't that what it's all about is learning from, you know, others who have knowledge really. 
yeah. you know, because there's always, no matter where you go, <clears throat> there's always another musician who does, you know, a lick a certain way or plays a, a voicing of a chord a certain way and, you, yeah. and it kind of piques your interest and you go, oh, I kind of like that. You may not have thought yeah. about it. That, that is that's so true, um, Crystal. I'm constantly watching or listening to other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's – I do like simple guitar work, actually. Mm. When, you know, when I was young, yeah, everything had to be fast and furious. But now I, I – I, well, for a long time now I've listened to all the slower stuff. You can speed it up later, but it's where the emotion lies is in that slower stuff, so – I believe that too, yes. On the same page there, definitely. So what's the music industry like over in per, over in uh, Western Australia? Well, the blues scene has been generally pretty good and the people are very good over here mm-hmm. as a rule, rule. But it's like anywhere, it's tough slog. Mm. Uh, shut down of the country pretty much killed everything there for a long time. It did. Um and yeah, so a lot of people are still struggling, including myself, to get back and get gigs. And yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? Just like constantly on the sidewalk for gigs, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and the thing is, there's always more musos in our gigs. <laughs> yeah, that's, and venues. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, how did you cope with with the lockdowns? Did you use that time productively and write some music? Uh, I did start to do that, yeah. I'm working on some recordings that I started way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I cracked the sads for a while and was generally peeved off. Yep. Um, we were doing a show at uh, a venue called Duke of Georgia in Fremantle. Mm-hmm. And um, just before the doors opened, or the doors had just opened, I think we got about... 10 or 15 people would come in. Mm-hmm. You know, town was getting nervous anyway, so people already started not going out because the governments had freaked everyone out. Yes. Um, but the doors opened and they were open for about 10 minutes and then they got the call that everything had to be shut down, so they shut the doors and, and management just said, oh, there's 10 people in there. So we just said, do you guys want to stay? We'll play. And if they come and <laughs> kick us out, so be it. But other than that, yeah. we're here. We'll play for you 10 people. So that was it. We did that, a short show. Yep. And then went home and sulked for a few weeks. <laughs> I think we all did, Kerry. We all sulked. I know yeah. I certainly did. <laughs> I was planning to go over to Melbourne and do a few things and so everything just got cancelled and shut down. So. Right. We Did you have shows booked in Melbourne? Uh, I had I had shows sort of lined up, not officially booked, yep, yep. luckily. Mm-hmm. So I didn't totally, but I had everything sort of sorted out. We were just going to go, yep, I'm coming this date, this is it. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What a shame, it, you know, and it is, it is still a struggle to get mm. back to where we were, but there's music on everywhere. And here in New South Wales, I uh, don't know if you guys got it over there, but um, they had a thing on the news the other day where they said 
you know, the late lockout laws where they close it down, they're going to repeal those. And the noisy neighbour complaints, they're going to repeal those, like so that they can't do it. I mean, you live next door to a pub. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but let's see how that goes. So we can only keep our fingers crossed that all of that just kind of goes away and things get back to how they were. Yeah, because it is a struggle. Um, I've done a lot of support the governments, but not for the music industry, I'm sorry, all the arts industry in general. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Yeah. They did pretend to help, but really when you looked at it, I just thought, well, oh, it's not even worth it. No. The time and effort to put up, you put your hand up because I'll be out of pocket just sitting, sitting there for hours trying to sort out the stuff you want from me. That's right. Yeah, that's true. So I think all we can do now is just, um, you know, continue on and get as many gigs as we possibly can, write as much music and perform as much music as we absolutely can. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just, just keep playing. That's my motto. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I know that I know that you play electric guitar, and I know that you yeah. play bass. What other instruments do you play, if any? Uh, well, I play play bass very badly, so we won't count that. <laughs> hey, if you've got one in your rack, you play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My um, my bass player he actually brought me a, a cheap Squire bass for recording with because I had this other really cheap nasty bass. He said that's that's rubbish. You need a good bass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very kindly, one came up cheap and he brought it for me. He said he gave it as a present, which I was very appreciative of. So. Oh, that's lovely. So, any other instrument? Uh, no, just guitar, acoustic guitar, slight you know resonators and. Yeah. Um, I've I I press. A key on the keyboard every now and then, but that's yeah, I can't really play it. I sort of yeah, you know, make a couple of chords to fill out a sound when I'm recording, but that's about it. Yeah, you know, one of my favourite things is resonator and slide. That's one of my. Yeah. Fa- I can't play it. I can't play slide. That's my uh, 2024 resolution is to learn slide. Sit so, down yeah, and play some guitar. Yes, that's it. Um, Okay, so what is your current interest? It's the band, of course, but, mm. uh, and your music that you're writing and performing. Now you've released some records, I believe, or I guess we don't call them records. Albums would be the better word. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple out there. Yeah, so I know one of them is Mean Old Time Blues. Mean Old Town Blues. Town Blues, I beg your pardon. Yeah. And yeah. now... And the other one Crazy Blues. Yeah. Which is another... These are all home recorded, basically. I've got a little studio at home. I'll quite often get the drums done in a studio somewhere. Yeah. And then I just bring everything home and I sit home with my little recording units and do... 99.9% of it at home. Yeah. How lucky are we that there is such things as, you know, the focus rod or whatever other program and things that you use? How lucky are we to be able to do that? Well, it's great. But I, I'm still using very old gear. I like analog gear. Although I do have a digital machine, it's it has a lot of analog stuff attached to it. So Yeah. Well, you know what? Why change what works for you? Yeah, I just I still use the old reel to reel sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. It uh, just gives a specific sound. Yes. That you just can't get with any digital equipment at all. Yeah, right. I mean, now I've heard lots of people say you can, and I've been 
in a studio that had, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gear that could give a digital stuff. And then at the end of the day, they were still, I mean, an analog sound at the end of the day, they were still running everything they recorded for me then onto an analog tape machine so I could actually get some analog sound back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a very important thing because when you listen to to have that sound because when you listen to Robert Johnson and all of those early blues men recordings, they were just so stripped back and so bare and so real. Yeah. And I guess... I mean, yeah, sorry, though, I mean, just stuck in a room mostly and just a microphone shoved in front of them, those old guys. Yeah, that's right. But so raw and so real. And I guess, yes, you don't, you can go into the studio or do it at home too and you don't get that rawness or that realness. So I can see where you're coming from uh, talking about those other machines. I can, mm. can really see that. I haven't got one. I wouldn't know how to use one. But um, I can really see the value of it. Definitely, oh. definitely. I think a lot of it uh, pays when it comes to um, the recording in studios is your engineer. If you've got a, a good engineer that understands the style of music, whatever that may be that you're recording, mm-hmm. um, half your problems are over then straight away. But yeah, yeah. You, when you haven't got a lot of money, you just go in. Sometimes they don't quite know what you're after, so it's a bit hard, Which again, which is why I like to just try and do it at home. Yeah, right. They can't afford the expensive studio, so that's the main reason. Yeah, they are a little bit, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, just a little. All right. They're not Sorry? They're not cheap. No. So how long would you say it takes you to do a bass recording, not a bass uh, guitar, yeah. but a bass recording of a song in your home studio? How, like, how much time would you spend on it? Um. It's always a hard thing to say because I, I've knocked out a song in a day. Yeah, right. Then another one, like I've got three I'm working on now. I've been working on them for six months. Uh, not because it's difficult. It's just, again, pernickety and I haven't got a sound I want, so I just keep trying to get what I want sort of thing. Right. And I probably did get it three months ago, but I've lost <laughs> it because I've been along with it so much. Yeah. You need to save your takes. <laughs> Uh, do you think that part of that sound do you think it is maybe the make of guitar that you're using maybe if you use maybe another brand of guitar that might have the sound or maybe a different pedal or do you think that that might be something to do with it at all um well depends on what the sound if you're trying for a a gibson sound and you're using a fender then yeah you need to change guitars but I basically use Stratocasters all the time. Yep. Um, so it's not a problem. It's um, getting that room or sound you hear with your ears on the on the tape is, is a trick. And it's really having the right microphone, being at the right volume. Um, I try, I mean, I, I use pedals, but if I'm using a pedal just to get the sound, then it usually doesn't work. Yeah, right. <clears throat> right. So it depends on the song. Like at the moment, I'm doing one where I really want more of just guitar and amp. That's it. Yep, yep, yep. But as I'm blowing my ears out trying to get to the volume I need, I'm using a pedal just to 
encourage it to try and even using the small amp i'm only using little prints in at the moment yeah right when you're in a room with the amp it's pretty loud <laughs> yeah so what is your amp of choice uh generally just fender amps i use a little fender princeton for recording and little tiny gigs mm -hmm. uh my other amp is uh, uh vibralux it's actually a Vibrolux type amp, it's hand built by M Watts Ooh. years ago. Uh, I actually brought that off Les Karski mm -hmm. over here a few years back. Uh, so that so it's basically Fender amps. Yep. I, I I'm not I have used Marshalls, mm -hmm. but the Marshalls I had were really old ones, and if I can't can't have a really old one, then I'm not interested. Yeah, right, right, and it, they've got to be tube too. Yeah, well, I only tube amps for me. Yeah. Now. That's for it's sure. Always been that way. Yeah, yeah. Even the smell of a tube amp is something special, isn't it? And they're heating up and glowing in the dark. <laughs> yes. I, I've only I've only ever had one transistor amp when I was first playing. Yep. Back when I was a kid, and then I used one of my mates. He had a Holden Wasp and an old Datus amp. Oh wow. Once I tried them, that, that was it for me. It was tube amps forever after that. Yeah. Right. I think um, because we've been talking about uh, writing and recording music, I think we should pause here and listen to one of your songs. And I'd like to put on Where Your Love Grows. Now, mm -hmm. I found this has some really cool guitar parts in it, riffs in it. And mm -hmm. I love your vocals in it as well as, as well as the lyrics, as I was saying earlier. Now, would you like to tell the listeners something about how this song come about? Good question. Um, I recorded that quite a few years back now, and that one was recorded in Crank Studios here in Perth. Mm -hmm. uh, how did it come about? Yeah, love grows. Um, most of my songs get quite often get inspired, sometimes tongue in cheek, but get inspired by my wife. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, really, it was just that, you know. I think people want to be somewhere where things are positive and where you're happy to be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so we're going to pause now and listen to Where Your Love Grows.
Perry, as I said, I really love that song. Really, really love it. Great job on it. Great job. Thank you. Great job. That's uh, funny. It's just got picked up again over in, in America by a couple of DJs. Uh, one one lady DJ for uh, Blues and Roots Radio mm -hmm. Radios got to listen to it and asked me to send it to her. So I was quite surprised because she does a, it's a Blues and Roots radio program, but she does a lot of Americana type music so oh yeah so, wanted to play that but anyway that's good so it's getting some more airplay again absolutely which means royalties hopefully hopefully <laughs> uh now how did she come across you or your music do you know or um, to be honest oh because i did a promotion on one of the a couple of the songs um releases for uh crazy blues and for Mean, mean Old Town Blues, mm -hmm. I did promotion through the radio station. So that that goes for about 30, through about 30 radio stations worldwide. Okay. When you promote it. And she was one of the DJs, so she just made contact with me after that. Well, she's got a good ear. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I can send her some other stuff personally so that she could play it herself whenever she wanted to. Yeah, how fantastic is that? I like that. Mm. Yeah. So that's uh, Beth Williams, her name is. So. Right. And she's a musician herself. So. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Isn't that the best is when the person that you're talking to is a musician and they kind of understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I appreciated that she made the contact, to be honest. Any airplay is great. So. And and I, I have to say, well, I got you, the, the DJs uh, on blues radio around Australia have been nothing but wonderful. Their support's been fantastic. I know they do it for everyone else, but yeah, I've really appreciated it for, uh, for me because I actually had a big break from music for quite a few years. So and I come back out of the woodwork, and I was a little bit lost with the whole digital age and everything was different. So and a couple of them helped me get the stuff out there again and showed me the ropes. So that was great. Oh, that's fantastic! It really help. It really helps when the blues community or the music industry community uh helps each other and i believe we should do that no matter what genre you are really yeah yeah look put your egos aside for a bit and um just uh yeah give everyone a bit of a shot yeah 100 i 100 agree with you there 100 so can you tell me a funny story from any gig that you've played Funny story. Oh, I'm terrible at funny stories. Or, uh, or an interesting story or one that just comes to mind. Oh, I really can't think of anything, to be honest. Uh, it's more in the moment for me. Yeah. Um, when I do a show, I'm in the moment of the shows and things do happen. Yeah. Um, I did fall off stage once. Oh, so oh pretty did. funny. You didn't hurt yourself, did you? No, no, no. I was just a bit blinded by the light and stepped off the stage. Oh, dear. <laughs> Didn't know where the end was. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too high a stage at least. It was a high stage, but I almost took an audience member out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of my favourite stories is uh, when, oh, my amp blew up or it turned, went on fire or, you know, anything like that. That's that's a you know, well, I got a horror story. Yeah, that's that's a horror story for me. <laughs> it kind of is a horror story, but people love hearing them. Uh, I was playing. I was playing. 
playing a gig, my amp did blow up, did transformer, and I took it in, got it fixed, and got a new transformer in it and everything, and blah, 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 and I rocked up to the Ellington Jazz Club to do a show. Place was sold out. Got all set up to do our sound check. I strummed one chord, and then I went, what's that smell? And someone said, there's smoke coming out the back of your amp, and it burnt another transformer out right then and there. Oh, my God. So I jumped on the phone thinking, who can I ring? And I rang a couple of guys to see if I could borrow an amp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to get it quick, so I was trying to think who's close by. And luckily, I got hold of uh, Andrew um, McElroy over here, who owns the Rock Inn. He just got home from America. I literally walked in the door. I had no idea he'd been in America. Yeah. And uh, so he kindly jumped in his car, threw his amp in the car and brought it brought it straight around to the gig for me. I met him out in the footpath, grabbed the amp out of his car. And... Oh, that is really, <laughs> now that's support, isn't it? Yeah, so he, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, oh gee. How lucky were you that you could source one so quickly? Good Lord was smiling that night. I, I reckon, I reckon. What do you think you would have done if you couldn't have sourced an amp? Would you have just plugged into the PA, do you think, or? No, no, I would have had to cancel the show. Yeah, yeah right. Just... Well, thank goodness you didn't. I, I didn't for even one minute contemplate cancelling. I was still had other phone numbers to ring. They were just further away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It might have just had to be delayed. In any case, we never want to see that happen again. No, we don't. <laughs> Not at all. And um, what's the longest you've played for in one setting, in one sitting, like the longest gig, my three hours, four hours, five hours? I mean, you'd be pretty pretty dead by five hours, wouldn't you? I did a five-hour gig. That was one of those long-winded Start in the afternoon, New Year's Day type, New Year's Eve type things. Yeah. Did one of them once. That was it. Right. You would have had to pull out every song in the songbook, wouldn't you, just about? There was a few got replayed. <laughs> well, the way... I said, well, they're drunk enough, let's start again. <laughs> you know what? That's what I was just going to say. By, by that time, mm-hmm. they would already be well pickled and yep. they wouldn't remember. They'd just go, oh, I love that song. So, yeah. you know, you kind of win-win, don't you? I, I get that quite often. I have a break. Someone will come up to me in a break. Can you play this? Oh, I just played it. <laughs> oh, I'm outside. Oh, give me another hour. I'll play it again. <laughs> yeah. Keep the punters happy. <laughs> so what's coming up for you? What have, what have you got on your drawing board? Well, uh, drawing board is I'm still recording, so that's the main thing. I actually, uh, musicians are out of action at the moment. My bass player is going in for an operation on his arm or his wrist, so that's putting him out of action. So everything's, although I have other guys, everything's sort of been cancelled until December. Then I'm, we've got a little uh, thing they run over here, three bands called Blues Breakers. Mm-hmm. We've got a, uh, a venue called the Milk Bar, so hopefully they'll get some support because we're just starting that up. Yep. And trying to um, bring in a couple of different bands each time. Yeah, oh, that's really so, – so are you part of that or you're just um, – uh, Well, I put my hand up to play and then it's sort of 
got put in my lap to source beans. So I don't know how that happened, but anyway. <laughs> Things happen to evolve, don't they? Yeah. They do. So, yeah. so, that's, so at the moment I'm part of it, yes, with, with the uh, venue and the promoter. So I'll become co-promoter for it. Oh, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. So uh, all the best to your bass player for his operation. You want him yeah. back on deck as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, we do. But he's going to be out of action for a while, so that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. So would you say that blues is it for you? you um, is that the only genre you're interested in or can you play a little bit of country? Um, or would you well, at a gig? Excuse me, at yeah. a gig, yeah. Uh, look... About as country as I get will be um, Johnny Cash, to be honest, because <laughs> I still see him as a blues guy too. Well, yeah, uh, so do I, yes. I, I have done a, a Mel Haggard on the odd occasion and stuff like that, but no, I'm a blues guy, so I, I, from straight-up blues, acoustic picking through to slightly Rock Hendrix-style blues rock, Yeah. then... That's where you'll find me. As you can hear with the – well, actually, you, you listen to that song, uh, Where Your Love Grows. Yep. It's I would call that more a country blues, rock, country rock blues type. Yeah, actually, so would I, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think really yeah. the genres aren't that too far apart. No, they're not. It's just the how you approach it and the sound, that's it. Yeah. And, and the, the idea, the riff, the initial riff came to me from a – from a Hendrix, was influenced by a Hendrix song, believe it or not. Nice. I mean, it doesn't sound like Hendrix, but that's where the influence came from. So. Yeah, nice, nice. Now, if do uh, finger-picking that you said, yeah? Oh, a little bit. Well, I sometimes use a thumb pick and that when I'm playing, um, when I'm doing a bit of slide stuff on the reso, I'm thumb picking and that type of thing. Right. Now, your acoustic yeah. guitar, would that be a maiden? No, believe it or not, it's just a beat-up old um, uh, Epiphone. Oh, okay. And I try a little small-bodied Epiphone, little sort of blues guitar. Mm-hmm. So, and I brought it specifically when I was – because I did a Robert Johnson show here a couple of times. Nice. Um, so I looked around and every guitar I tried was just too nice and too sweet a sound. I needed something that was a bit nasty sounding. A bit gritty. A bit gritty, yeah. And I found this little epiphone and I thought, yeah, that's a beauty. Um, I brought that over the top of the Gibson. Oh, wow. And the Gibson yeah. good, but the epiphone was just as good. So, Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's it's important, yeah. isn't it, for a guitar to speak to you? That's what I believe in any case. Yeah. You know? I, it doesn't have to have a big name on it. I've had big name guitars that I've walked away from and just going, yeah, no. It's got a good name on it, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So what I think we'll do now is we will listen to Mean Old Town Blues, and I really love this one as well. Uh, It's all about your personal experiences. Of course, I would believe all of your songs are, or most of them. And, um, yeah, I really love this. The guitar playing in it is really, really nice. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. So I think we'll pause now and we'll listen to – oh, would you like to t- say how that came about? Would you like to tell us how that came about? 
Uh, really just came about because I wanted to do a... I had, I had the idea of slow blues song. I wanted to do... I, I like playing slow blues, so... Mm-hmm. Um, the words came about, really, it's... I was going through some old, old, old blues song from oh, 1912 and around that. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And there was a line in there, Mean Old Town Blues, and I just started from there and you know you just started thinking about and I thought yeah yeah sometimes you feel like radio why am I here it's just hard yak Mm. but nevertheless be positive keep going that's it that's it so so it just yeah there'll be little influences little triggers that I find that'll that'll just get me going and then the words I just sort of pop out as I'm writing sometimes the I'll write words first, but usually I'm playing around with music and then I'll find words to fill it. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm. I love I love writing as well. That's mm. a good way to do it. All right, so what we'll do is we'll have a pause now and we will listen to Mean Old Town Blues. <laughs>
Now, Kerry, how many songs do you reckon you've written? Uh, not a huge amount. Oh, well, not all of them on the album, obviously, because uh, there's a Catfish Blues as a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I can try and remember what's on the album, to be honest. Um, oh, there's, um, yeah, there's a couple of covers on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them on there, about two or three, are actually on the Mean Old Tell album, All Mine. Mm-hmm. Or actually, Devil Blues, if that's on there, which I think it is, is uh, actually co-wrote with my wife. Oh, nice. Mm. Nice. Yeah, she's got the words written out for another one called Two Fake Blues. And when, uh, last year when I was whinging about a toothache, I had to have a teeth pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, there's nothing worse than a man who's got an ache or a pain or um, is sick. <laughs> got to have a wine. <laughs> so what's your beautiful wife's name? My beautiful wife's name is Gay, G-A-Y. Gay. Oh, that's gorgeous. And is she, does she play music herself or sing herself? Uh, no, but she is very musically inclined. She listens to everything from Beethoven right through to punk. Right, uh, big fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan and Johnny Winner, so she's and Rory Gallagher. So she, I introduced her to those guys. Well, yeah, she'd already heard uh, Stevie Ray, but yeah. And I'd imagine that she's got a very good ear and will tell you, darling, that's not quite right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does, and I'm grateful for it. I quite often, poor, poor, poor baby, yeah, I'll quite often, she'll get home from, come home from work, and uh, and I've been recording through the day, and I'll drag her into me little studio and say, listen to this, listen to this. Which guitar part do you like the best? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I always look at her, I thought, oh, you're so suffering. Long suffering for me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm sure she loves you very much. She you really bet. would, yes. Well, she must do, she puts up with me, so. <laughs> All right then, well, now let's talk about your social links mm-hmm. and where people can find you. And also your music, I believe, is on Bandcamp. Yep. There is a couple out there on Spotify and those places, but only a couple. Yep. Um, mostly it's all available on Bandcamp because uh, they really look after musicians. So I actually get paid if I go through, if people buy through there. So Perfect. If you want to support me, that's the one to do it through. Yep. Um, they, they are a good site. So if any musicians aren't using them and they looking for somewhere, check out Bandcamp. Right. Now, uh, you would have sent me some links. Is Bandcamp link to your profile or or your profile? Yeah, I guess that would be the thing. Uh, yeah. Have you, you given me that link? 
I think I have, but if I haven't, I'll send it. But if you type, if anyone goes on the internet and types in Caribbean Ryan Blues Experience, I'll come up website, um, Reverb Nation, um, Bandcamp. It pretty well comes up quite straight away. So yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, and can people contact you on Facebook? Have you got a? a... Yes, I've got a Facebook, which again is Caribbean Ryan Blues Experience. Excellent, excellent. Um, the web page, again, Ryan Blues Experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contact me through that too. Yeah. Uh, I do get those notifications. So. That's fantastic. I really love that um, how you write. I, I know I've said it already. I love how you write and the, the processes. I can hear it. I can hear your processes and your playing, of course, and your vocals. So now I want to ask you a little bit, bit on your vocals mm-hmm. um, because you started playing. When did you start singing, though? Uh, later life and only because I had to. I don't <laughs> class myself as a singer at all. Okay. But um, I, when I say I had to, it's because when I came out of – I've done a, I sung a few songs with the, the band years ago that I was in – Toured around, but only a couple here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I come come back into the music, I had a firm, fixed mind to go come back and record. If you know, first go and play and see if I could actually still remember how to play a guitar. Mm. Um, but once I was happy with that, the the idea was to start recording. And uh, so, to be able to do what I wanted to do, it was just easy to go. Well, you better start practicing on the singing bit and find out. Well, I think you do a very, very good job. Yeah, so that's why it came about because so that I could do what I want to do basically and not not wait or expect someone else to help me do it but just to go and do it. Yeah, look, I think it's a, a great achievement for any musician to be able to play and sing, whether it's keyboards or guitar or anything. Yeah. Um, it really is because it people then can get the full feeling of what you're feeling, your emotion um, as you're playing and singing because that's a big part of what sells records to or tracks or, you know, on Bandcamp. That's a big part of why people buy music or go to see music because they want to feel what that person felt and still feels. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's I, why I like playing, well, I love playing live. And why I like the blues genre too is it's very free. It's yes. a free genre. You know, you can express in the moment all the time. It's not, yeah, yeah the song goes like this, but the, the chances that I'm going to play a different solo pretty much every night are good. <laughs> and I'm going to express and do different things with songs. It's still going to, you're still going to recognise the song, but it's got to be fresh for me all the time because it's always in the moment. So the recording process is just which why quite often I'll do guitar takes all in one take. I don't break it up very often. Usually mm-hmm. when I do guitar stuff, it's all in one hit live straight to this because I'm looking for that expression of freedom, you know, not to be too mechanical in what I'm doing. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Very, very good point. 
I think, um, and you do, and that, that is a thing too when you do listen to records or I know I keep saying records old school, what can I say? Um, <laughs> you do go, oh, okay, so Chuck Berry and he always plays that same riff in this song. Mm. But what if one day you heard him play something different? Yeah. Well, How good would that be? The thing is, if, it, if it's a, a riff that makes the song, then you repeat it. Yes. Because it's part of the song, you know, it's an integral part. But mm. once he gets into the solo part, part past the riff, it's going to change. It's, you know, yeah. they, they're all like that. Steve Ray, Chuck Berry, B.B. King. Yeah. There'll be bits you go, oh, yeah, I recognise that bit, but the rest of it suddenly is going off on a tangent because it's all in the moment. It's, um, yeah. And that's a great place to be, I believe. Yeah, I, that's, for me, it's how it's got to be and I, and I need musos around me that can be in the moment. And go, and go with you, yeah. And flow with me. Catch me when I get a bit lost sometimes. But, yeah, bring, um, you, bring you back. Yeah, bring you back if, to the one. <laughs> you, you can't be playing it from A to B sort of thing because it's just not going to work with blues. You've got to be able to move and breathe within the song. Yeah, and I think you show that very, very well in your in your music that you've presented with uh, for us uh, this evening too. So I encourage everybody to go on to Bandcamp and, you know, there's a stack of music there for you to purchase from Kerry B. Ryan and the Blues Experience. I should uh, mention, it just popped into my head, you asked, uh, I think you asked about one of the highlights. I'll tell yep. you one of the highlights that I've had so far, yep. apart from... Apart from Anyone like yourself calling me up and saying I want to do an interview, yeah. that's always a big highlight, uh, was I managed to get with Mean Old Town Blues, I got into the uh, semi-finals with that song in the uh, International Song Contest. Oh, and congratulations. That, yeah, well, that was last year I got into that and that wasn't the, um, you got two sort of categories where it's, um, and, and I didn't know there was two categories, otherwise I would have put it in the other category. I mm. put it in open category, which was means it went up against all professional recordings as well. Right. So I was very, very happy with chuffed with that. <laughs> Don't know if it'll happen again, but that was yeah. So that was a big highlight for me. I think that's awesome. And you know what? Don't sell yourself short because I'm sure you can do it again. Just put it in the right category. Yeah, get it in the right one this time. Yeah. Now that's really good. I'm really impressed uh, with that and with how seriously you're taking your music and, and the quality product that you're putting out. You know, that's that really means a lot and people love that and I love that. So I encourage you to just keep going and keep on keeping on. Oh, yeah, I just keep on, mate. I just keep on plugging on until I can't do it anymore. That's right. And then you'll sit there and you'll still keep going anyway because that's what blues men are about and women. That's it. <laughs> Whatever. I always, you know, and, I, and I'll play with anyone. I don't care if you're old or young. you got the feel. Yeah. Uh, and I like trying to encourage the young kids along as well too. Well, so. actually, that's something I was going to ask you. How's the younger talent over in Western Australia? Uh, look, there, there's some good young players around. I've been actually been working with a young drummer uh, a little bit of late. Uh, he's taken a bit of a break now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he'll come back. He's only 19. And um, 
he's had a bit of education with drumming, but nice. Uh, he's just fell into the blues so great, and his best thing was he listens. That's a big plus. Yeah, um, I've worked with so-called pro drummers have been playing for forty years, and they don't listen. They just go away to me, and I, you know, <laughs> I can't work with them. So I need someone to listen. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, it, it's really good too because if he's listening, then you're moulding him as well. So you're giving him also a great life experience. Yeah, and I, and but you can interact with each other then. Yes. You know what I mean? If he's listening to me, I'm listening to him. You can. Um, my uh, original drummer Ian, who's uh, now sick and he doesn't drum with me anymore. He's, he was fantastic. He's drummed for over 40 years over here. Wow. And we, we could talk on stage musically. Yep. You know what I mean? The way he was playing the drum, he'd do something and I'd do something. And he'd encourage me. He'd sort of, short of throwing a drumstick at me sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> so that we could have a musical chat, you know. And it's, it was just wonderful to be able to work with someone of that caliber and experience to be able to do that. Absolutely, and I love I love that thing myself. Is where that you're you're got that rapport with the players around you, you know, and um, you know all you each know exactly what the other's thinking, and you know that encouragement. It really does mean a lot, and it makes a tighter ship, doesn't it? It it does, yeah, yeah, for sure. And now it's all I can say to anyone, you know, be aware of the, the musos around you. Yeah, you got to play your part and go into your own world, but always just try and keep an ear open. Yeah. So yeah. what what um, what what words of wisdom would you have for any young person picking up their guitar and going, oh, I want to play, whether it be blues or country or rock or whatever? Uh, what would be your you know words of wisdom to them? Yeah. Uh, Listen a lot, practice a lot. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't don't try to be better than anyone else. Try to be the better than yourself every time you play. And if you can't, if you have a bad day, just go with it. And you know, it's a struggle when you first start playing. But it's so much. I, I see young kids now playing stuff that I, I couldn't even think of playing. Oh wow. The, the stuff they – the access to information with the internet now, you know, lessons online, lessons and that. You know, like I said, when I started out, I, I knew two other guitarists. That was it. And yeah. And I knew another one, you know. So you sit there winding tapes backwards and forwards until they break trying to work out what guitar players are doing and what the musos are doing. Yeah. It certainly opens up the world, doesn't it, how, how lucky we are now to be able to go onto YouTube. We've got programs, we slow it down, we don't have the tapes anymore. But um, it kind of makes for a, the information available makes for a wider range of style, of yeah. style stylists and also um, getting the nitty-gritty of, what was done. There's no guessing because it's right there and you can hear it mm. quite clearly and plainly. All right, my, um, my other bit of inf- uh, advice, if anyone mm-hmm. wants to listen, if you're a guitar player or a drummer, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you're a musician or a young musician wanting to learn your stuff, listen to the musios you're trying to learn 
otherwise listen to the mp3 this the cd or whatever it is you got don't immediately go and look for the tabs or music sheets oh you know what that's a very very good piece of advice train train your ear because a lot of them i've worked with a few and and again trained musicians believe it or not Mm -hmm. take that sheet music away from them they're buggered yeah right yep they can't um they can't work in the moment so but when you got to work stuff out by ear that trains you to be in the moment as well because you hear you constantly listen it trains you to listen that's a really great piece of advice actually it really really is yeah and mm. so don't worry if you get some wrong notes while you're trying to do it that's that's fine it's, it's going to happen yeah because uh, sometimes you can play things and then go oh, i'm not really happy with that and then leave it for a week or two and then come back to and go oh i've got it yeah when, when, I, when i worked on the cattle stations when i was young i had a guitar beside my bed and i used to get it when i was trying to work out a song i'd put the cassette player on with the music on and more times than i can remember i'd wake up in the middle of the night knowing how to play part of the song i just know how to play it how cool is that tell me there wasn't an old blues man talking to you right you just you just sit up and play it and, and i knew i had to wake up and grab that that's why the guitar was right there yeah because once i played it then it would stay with me i wake up if i didn't play it and my well, next morning i'd forget and i'll be back to trying to work out work it out again yeah can't say I haven't done that. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I've got to get this riff down or I've just heard this or I know how to play this now. Yep. Yeah, but it's 2 o'clock in the morning. doesn't matter. When <laughs> the moment strikes. Yeah, that's right, and I, I firmly believe that. All right, Kerry, well, thank you so much for joining me this evening. It's, you've been a really great uh, person to chat with I've really enjoyed every moment and I absolutely love your music so we're going to promote it uh, heavily and so let's see um, see those sales on Bandcamp Rise eh? Well, be, that would be very nice thank you so much for having me Crystal I appreciate it oh you're totally welcome thank you thank you, <laughs> thank you. alrighty good night good night Crystal and that was Kerry B. Ryan from the Blues Experience. Thank you for joining me again this evening, listeners. I'm very glad to have you with me. Please join me again next week when I bring with you another special guest. Until then, please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool and stay awesome. And please stay tuned to this channel. Good night. Good night.